We're not dead. A podcast about a story of survival. Bang, 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 bang. to episode 30 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I am your host, Brittany Brombacher, and I am joined by Nick Voodoo. Yo, Britt, what's happening? Yo, yo, dude, how's that new fatherhood treating you? It's tiring. It's I so know. tiring. So very, very tiring. You didn't respond with your typical boom or bam or whatever. Uh, bams are tired. I'm sick of that shit. Oh, you're sick of them? We're yeah, really I, I, I've, well, if I had more ways to say it, I would do it. But I've run out of ways to say it in new and inventive ways. So bam is retired. So it's oh, just okay. gonna be high or yo or something. Okay, the new catchphrase is to be determined. Yeah, the new catchphrase I think is just gonna be Nick Voodoo's thousand ways to say hello. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So I'll think of an I'll think of a new way that doesn't have to do with bam every week. <laughs> we are also joined by Beesball. Bam. There, oh, that was <laughs> you cute. You copycatting son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, whoops. that is gimmick uh, infringement, uh, and pow. I'm going to sue you. Whammo! Whammo! Nice. And and bees, how is fatherhood treating you? Fatherhood? It's pretty good, I suppose. Yeah. It's uh, very fun. I'm a little more jaded. I mean, he's been around for almost five months. I mean, I just... I'm (laughs) done, man. Yeah, mine's been around for two weeks and two days. I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Um... So, I want to throw it out there that we did have a guest lined up for tonight. However, the guest had since bailed. But if you are interested on joining us on We're Not Dead, please send an email to we're not dead podcast at gmail.com. Or, yeah, just do that one. Um, and, you know, I know you've probably sent me like five emails, each of you, and I don't know what happens to them. I think they go in like the phantom zone. But please send more, and I will try my hardest to get you on, because we do want to get more guests on here. And let's be honest, we're sick of bees. Yeah, that's, <laughs> she She called me like, what, an hour ago? Would you like to be on We're Not Dead? As if, <laughs> as if I didn't know that I was like the third or fourth option available. <laughs> it's I actually, know. It's actually fifth. I, I was know. already booked, and she called me to ask me if I would do it. Ah, oh, you, you know, bees, you're an intricate part of this podcast. You edit it. You're intricate? always there. Did I just say intricate? That's not yeah. what I meant. Integral. But what I'm what? Integral. Yeah, that's what I meant. Pivotal. Whatever. I'm I'm tired too. <laughs> I, I you know my baby is Mass Effect three, and that's been keeping me up to about two in the morning. Yeah, so, but do you have to feed it? No, but I have to get up at six. And yeah, I do have to feed it my love and attention and and other things. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bees, we do appreciate you. Yeah, we yeah. Love you. Yeah, just sure. get on with it. Okay, well, all right. So <laughs> we'll start with the recap. Now this is covering twenty seven two. There wasn't an episode for twenty seven one, so we're going to assume you listen to twenty seven one, and I'm sure you know we'll inevitably have to talk about things that happened. And I, I did not listen to twenty seven one. That would not surprise me. <sighs> Done that before. <laughs> I just skipped. I went straight to two. All right, know. you know what? Bees has to be like the seventh call from now on. Please, please, okay, the we'll seventh move, call. We'll, we'll move them down to seven. We'll Whatever. find someone. You're batting ninth, dude. You stink. <laughs> just bunt. Just bunt and try to get to first base. Okay, I'll try. We love these. These are punching bag. Mwah. You're the official We're Not Dead punching bag. Uh, there is no tattoo on me that says that. Get drunk one day and we can make it happen. It's imprinted on your soul. Oh. oh. Okay, I'll just move on. Okay, so we'll start with the recap. Kalani and Hannah just got in the car with Latch, Scratch, and Pippin. If you hadn't come, you don't even know. 
No problem. Like my sister and I found you. Don't worry. You're safe now. You are we find out Latch right? got his nickname because yeah. he's good with a pick. They make friendly chit-chat, quote-unquote, and they pull up to their location. Kalani describes it as an outdoor shopping center. People there were putting up high scaffolds. Several men were boarding outside, and others were being forced to help. Oh, yeah, and some of them were also wearing their orange jumpsuits. During hmm, a brief conversation... They were from. What? Wonder where they are from. I know. Yeah. Like, well, this just... is pretty early on, like, after it all happens. Yeah, but Kalani figured out real quick. Pippin's a little slow on the uptake. Yeah, but it's like, you know, as if the world couldn't, like, get shittier enough. There's a zombie apocalypse, you know, you barely made it out alive, and then you're pulled up to, like, a convict, like, orgy house. I don't know. I know, you're like, oh, man, there are people here. Thank goodness I'm saved. Oh, crap, they're all jerk convicts. I know. It's the worst. They were in the middle of putting up several high scaffolds together in what I guess were lookouts. Several men, some still in orange jumpsuits, were working on boarding up everything outside. And more were being forced to help. Hey, keep those flanks close together. You want them to get in again or what? Uh, during a brief conversation, we hear one of the maulers ordering around, assuming a slave, and ask, do you want them to get in again? Now, did we know before this that they had already gotten in at one point? Because it sounds like they had a break in. Officially, no. We assumed they had zombie problems because they're in an open mall and it was assumed that they would have problems keeping things out. But we didn't know officially. But we didn't know officially how many times or how bad or anything like that. Okay. All right. So Latch and Scratch lead them into the back room where is this Tardust? I'm yes, it is. That, uh, Tardust. Okay. Is monitoring the radios. That's how they found out about Kalani. Eventually, Latch tells the three of them that they have a special job. Tardust tells them that there's a group of people in a certain area, and they know this because they've seen their convoys, and that's the extent of it. And they simply need to know more. And since these people won't recognize Kalani, Pippin, or Hannah, they want them to spy on him. Pippin is game, and he wants to know what they've done uh, to piss like the Maulers said, off. No problem. It's not that this group has necessarily pissed off the Maulers by something they've done. It's what they could be, according to Scratch. But Scratch does not want Pippin to do it. Sure. Not him. But he volunteered. I want him. She wants Kalani, oh, hey, you, that, so she instructs Slash to take Hannah English. away. I and he does like the good little him. brother he is. Well, I'm not volunteering. You don't have to. Yes! Hannah! Shh. Hannah! You sit down. Let her go now. You want to test me? You think I haven't done this before? Sit down. Latch, take her out of here. I think he's ready to listen. All right, come on. No, Dad. Hannah. Oh, Latch. I know. He's a loser. What? You said he's a loser. Yeah. I know. He, he he knows. He's got a conscience. You can tell. And he's just like, yeah, my sister scares me too. <laughs> no, in that, I was thinking that too, especially when he said they're a bunch of deadbeat convicts or something. And, you know, Scratch whips out the gat and she's pointing at Kalani. He's like, whoa, calm down. However, I bet you he know, was in I, on, like drugs. I wonder at that point if they were already out of ammo. You know? Because remember oh. how when they met uh, Bert and Saul and, uh, and uh, Lizzie, uh, she already said, oh, we didn't have any ammo. And then. I wonder if they were already out at that point. I wonder if she was already playing that, like, big frilled peacock thing at that point. I could see it, yeah. I mean, especially since it sounded like they just had a run-in with a bunch of the zombies, so that wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. All right, Um. so Latch takes Hannah away. Scratch promises not to touch Hannah as long as Kalani does exactly so what she says and tells Scar that Kalani is now ready to listen. So long as you do exactly what I say. 
Tar tells Kalani that they have several radio channels and frequencies that they monitor, and that's how they'll stay in touch. Once he's taken in by the new group, he'll need to contact them. Scratch again threatens Kalani with Hannah's well-being. Kalani says that was the last time he saw Hannah. My team picked him up outside one of the hotels by the airport. Sean was leading the group. Until that moment, I had no idea who these people were. They didn't tell me much, and I guess I preferred it that way. The first one I met was Sean, a massive hulk of a guy, hard to miss. He checked out the plane. Then he said everyone new needs to get blindfolded and took me back with him. I didn't think anything of it. Short ride in the back of their SUV, and I was in. It wasn't difficult. He is then dropped off and picked up by one of CJ's teams by the airport. He then met Sean, a uh, quote, Matt. And huh? right on time. Right on time. Because I put I pointed this out in the, in the episode discussion thread. CJ has lots of really good ideas and lots of really great plans, mm-hmm. but her execution is so horrible. Right. Because things are timed exactly right. The Mullers knew exactly where the convoys were going to run, when they were going to run. They planned Kalani there purposefully so he would get in there, and it worked. So exactly. That's kind of... And and I'd also point out really, really, really far back in time that it seemed like the zombies were attacking things that like people that were weak, like the Maulers who had a horrible defense system, or uh, people that were really aggressive and like really well organized, like the other tower was with their big convoys. Those were the people that got hit first. Our tower survived a lot longer because they just went out randomly and had like really small groups, and they were easier to hide from the zombies. So there's that weird sort of thing too. Agree, dude. Uh, let's see. So Kalani is then picked up, and he runs into Sean, which he quotes as a massive, massive hulk of a guy. And Sean checked out the plane. He then blindfolded Kalani and brought him back to the tower. So Kalani's last name was it Gray? Yes. Gray. Okay, I thought it was Gray. Couldn't tell if it was Greg, maybe, but it's Gray. So Kalani Gray is his last name. We find that out. That is exciting. So he takes off his blindfold, and after some brief discussion, Sean and CJ go into another room to discuss some stuff. The first thing CJ asks about. Has, have you seen the, the other convoy? Any sign of the other convoy? And Sean None. says, Damn nope. It. And now they're down to I 30 know. staff total. More? We're down to 30 now. Oh, so only three more? That's not bad. Only? That's 10%. We don't have room to lose. CJ asks about their time out there, and he says it was a good trip. Duncan and Samantha are unloading what they found, because someone left the armory door open, and they were able to salvage a bunch of ammo and weapons. It was you who took that? Wait, that was you? I was yeah, just about to say that, you jerk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, that was you. <laughs> you, you know what, dude? You, you you have the edit button. You can fix it so that you say it first. All right. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man, you're a genius. I just, I'm cutting this out, your too. Mind. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Don't do that. That's funny. Um, yeah, I really liked how they cut in like that. All right. So, just by the way they're talking, to me, it sounds like CJ and Sean have some sort of relationship. There's some sort of flirtation going on. Um, anyway, they refer to Kalani as Mr. 31, and they decide that CJ decides that she'll give him limited access and keep an extra eye on him at all times. And plus, he's a pilot that might keep people around if they think they'll have a way out. So, me- tells- so mental note, people are deserting the other tower. Yes. And that was something else I was, I mean, we haven't really gotten to that part yet, but you know, oh, I think like you said, no, no, it's okay. Like you were saying though, I think CJ has brilliant ideas, but her execution sucks. I'm wondering what the motive was for those other 15, the piece. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty good question. I don't know that anyone's actually posed that. I don't think we've ever gotten information on that because we have no real insight into the, into the other tower. 
Mm-hmm. So who knows what the reason was? It's obviously not a full scale attack because that's what killed everyone first. And I'm pretty sure people would have abandoned immediately if they'd been attacked on the scale that they were mm-hmm. at the end of this chapter. Uh, so maybe it's just the same thing like uh, with oh god, what was her name? Like Mary and Simon in the tower where they got a gun and they tried to make a run for it and they got mm-hmm. killed. So maybe that's what it was. Is they just people oh, got up and that. left? Man, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. And another thing we haven't talked about yet, but we'll get there, is Samantha, you know, was talking to Kalani, and she was saying, you know, she never lets us go out. My daughter hasn't seen sunlight. Maybe they just felt too constricted, too. Could be a mixture of things. Very true. We'll see what he does. Play it by ear. Well, you might want to send Randy and the other techies out to the waterworks soon. We lost pressure this morning. Luckily, it came back. They're busy right now, but I'll send when I can. Just make sure the reserves are topped off. All right, so Sean then tells CJ that she might want to send Randy and the other techies to the waterworks as they lost pressure that morning. Randy! What was that name? Randy! (laughs) CJ says she'll send people when she can. So they then put Kalani on concrete detail with Sean. While being led to concrete duty, he starts inquiring about the place. Samantha then approaches and asks if they have any whites to be washed as she's on laundry duty. She leaves. Kalani again starts asking about the place. Sean is sure nothing can get in, and all they're doing is making what they have even stronger. They get down to concrete dirty, dirty and duty, and Duncan is down there. Duncan oddly sounds like Skittles. <clears throat> so something can get in right now. No, we're just making what we have in place better. Oh. Duncan, where are we at? Well, definitely at better days, but going well. I know, but this needs to get done. Hey, you don't need to tell me that. I've been here since six. Kalani here is going to start mixing a new batch, aren't you, Kalani? Yeah, sure. Do we have to change it now so instead of saying Skittles, we have to say Duncan? <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to go back and... I didn't even notice that. Like, I went on the forums later and everybody was saying, oh, it must be Skittles. And I was like, huh. Didn't even notice it. <laughs> oh, the first I, time I don't I, really care that much. The first time I listened, I was like, God, that guy's voice sounds so familiar. I'm like, oh. You know, okay. I think what helped me a lot was because when we're live, the thing back in uh, last April, Bob was there and you hear Bob talk and Bob has his very Bob sounding voice, which by the way, him being Porky Pig really kind of blows my mind. Um, but <laughs> he has his Bob voice and he spoke in his Bob voice and at, at the We're Live event when people were doing the Q&A. And I remembered that and I was like, oh. That's what Bob sounds. That was Bob, and then you hear at the tail end Michael Swansea and Bob Bergen as uh, Skittles. So they didn't even try to ultimately hide it. You know he's in there. You just have to find him. Exactly. So, P.S. We we just pointed out if you missed it, uh, Duncan is Skittles. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Kalani starts mixing concrete and is passed out within thirty minutes. According to his journal entry, though, he seems to be very impressed with everyone in the place itself for the three days he was there. But alas, Hannah was always on his mind. And by the third day, things had become lax, and he was allowed to be a little bit by himself. So See? Kla- Poor execution. Mm-hmm. While Kalani is wandering down the hall, Samantha confronts him and questions what he's doing. They soon start talking about this and that, and she tells them that some of their best men, about 15 people, left and never came back. You know, you have hair just like my wife. Oh, you're married. Late wife. Very late wife. Nice recovery, but still not interested. Kalani comments that Samantha has hair just like his late wife. And I was waiting for a comment like, it's it's red or something like that. 
you know, because he was like, your hair is just like my late wife. And I bet your hair is red because the girl that was killed at the Mahler showdown was red that they thought was Lizzie. And so I was like, aha. You, you know, for you just have to know that that is a piece that Casey purposefully teased us with and then took it away. I know. I know. Damn you, Casey. That was you pretty good. ingenious bastard. I know. Just the tip right there. Just the tip. So Duncan then finds Samantha and Kalani. Samantha tells Duncan that she saw him, that she saw Kalani wandering the halls alone, so she checked up on him. Turns out she was on guard duty. Kalani then discovers the entire place is rigged with cameras. Duncan is worried that no one is watching the camera, so he heads back to the monitor room to take over. Before they part ways, Kalani tells Samantha, hope to see you again soon. (laughs) Hope to see you again soon. Yeah. Me too. It's punny in so many different ways. I know. <laughs> so sad. Uh, Kalani wanted to see the monitor room, and so he peeks inside. He sees radios and decides that's how he was going to finally get a hold of the Maulers when the time was right. CJ then says she only has pieces of the following events. She has the video of Duncan going into the monitor room and the video of the man thing in the suit at the front door. Duncan ultimately let it inside, assuming it was on accident. As soon as it walked inside, it let off a horrible scream, and then a butt-ton of the zombies infiltrated the building. When this happened, Kalani ran into Sean, who says the guns were locked up on the opposite side of where they are. So, Pit like for you execution. Said, exactly. This seems Sean. to be a recurring theme in this building. <laughs> seems Agreed. to be. Yeah. That's why she's all by herself now. Um, Sean instructs Kalani to go to the fire escape and get the fuck out. Where are the guns? They're locked up. Where? On the other side of where we are. Ah, oh, brilliant. Have you seen CJ? No. Damn it. Uh, just get to one of the fire escapes. Don't worry about the guns. All right. Where are you going? I have to go get something. Kalani right. instead runs to the radios and tries to get a hold of the Maulers. He gets a hold of Latch and says, it's they're done. Those things are inside. Everyone is dying. What happened? What's going on? They're done. Those things are inside. Everyone's dying. Latch asks, well, where? Kalani says he doesn't know and that he doesn't know what they want him to do. Where? I don't know exactly. I couldn't find out. You what? You wanted me to tell you what I know. I'm telling you. They are done. Sorry. That is not enough. I did what you asked. What do you want from me? What the fuck do you want from me? You'll find a way. then comes on and What's says, you'll figure it out. And then she says, you better start running. Better start running. Bitch. Bitch. And that is it. Bon, bon. No. <laughs> that was the meanest, horrible, most rotten final thing that Scratch could ever have said, ever. <laughs> that was whatever. so nasty on such a level I can't even describe. Oh my god. It was mean, but to me it was all it was completely dumb. Like she's got all this leverage with somebody who's on the inside and get can get in the inside of anywhere else and she doesn't tell him what to do. She's like, uh, I'm not sure what I want you to do, so I'm I'm just gonna pretend I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> Beast, I know you have issues with scratch. No, I have issues with this this particular line. I mean I've I've never really liked her. I think she's more annoying than threatening. Mm-hmm. But uh I mean, do you guys understand what I'm saying? He was like, look, I'll do whatever you want. Just tell me what to do. And she's like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> like, she was, you got my daughter. I'll do whatever you want. I know. It's kind of, I don't know what they would want him to do in that sort of situation. I mean, the place is being overrun. Like, at that point, what does it matter? 
Well, at yeah. that point, once they're all cleared out of there, if the building is good enough, you know, move in. Okay, yeah, I didn't think... Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. that would be the one thing if I, I know where it is. I guess I can, I was I think- can wait a day and a half, and then I can move into this now vacant building full of dead bodies. Right. Look, if she said, look, just try to get out of there live and then get back in contact with me so I can give you more orders, that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. He, that left him hanging. He's like, so am I just not supposed to contact you again? Am I supposed to try to... You know, stick around with the tower and still get in contact. Like, mm-hmm. what is he Cut supposed your... to do? If I were, if, if it weren't for his daughter, I'd be just like, screw it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what at, to do. At that yeah. point, Scratch is cutting her losses. She sent a spy in. It obviously didn't work. And the place is overrun with, okay, maybe it's at that point in the three days. Then because... say, I don't need you anymore. Screw you. Get eaten by zombies. Right. Which essentially is what she's saying. But when you think about uh, it, I don't think from so. the point that the, we know that the convoy that Sean... Was talk- Sean and CJ were talking about happened on day one, and the tower finds it really quick after that point because it was fresh and they found the bodies and the one with the markings. So from the point that she sent Kalani in, she's found a weaker tower to take over because it doesn't take them that long to get back to the tower and find our tower. So at that point, okay, don't care about you anymore. But they Goodbye. never did take over that tower. But they didn't know they couldn't do that. Uh. <laughs> they tried, but you know. I mean, um, they found they found a door with a code on it, and they walked right in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole scene in like whatever chapter seven or whatever the hell it is. Right. All right. So, um, yeah. Yes, I guess that's, we'll that's just... just spitballing. I have no idea if that's actually lined up correctly, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. This is we're the official podcast. We don't need to be legit. Um, so I'll just move correct. on to some topics, and we can just take it from there. Um, some notes. Um, someone on the forum. Thought, you know, when Michael first enters the colony, Victor introduces or points out someone in the, I think it was a tavern or the bar with ears around their neck, like, yep. you know, human ears. Um, and that person's name is Thumpkin, not Duncan. Correct. And I know there's some confusion because with Victor's accent, it probably sounded more like Duncan. However, that is not the same Duncan as the Skittles we have come to know and love. And on that topic, so I'm pretty sure we're all in the same boat that Duncan and Skittles are the same person. Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, if if it's if it's in the cast, then it's official. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Well, as a, as duty. official as it can be without, yeah. you know, whatever. pretty much. You never know what that Casey Whelan has up his sleeve, though. He might the whole cast might just be a big joke. Never know. <laughs> might be Michael Swan playing Skittles. We don't know these things. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so. Wow, we just went meta. That's kind of cool. I told I told you I blow minds. That's that's what Brittany Brombacher does. She blows minds. So, um, Undead Sweeper says, regarding Duncan slash Skittles, I think the mind crack was caused after the failed mission. When he was first, when he was first meet him, he come from the opposite direction of the arena, and he refused to go back that way because of what happened to his friends. Besides, he only, he was only a little cracked because of how many people could survive as long as he has. Oh, okay. So he's saying if he was totally whacked, he, no one would have survived. Okay. Um, so I agree. You guys think, you know, because of all the shit that went down, he probably just lost his mind and he started stuttering and eating Skittles and life sucked after that. Yeah, I, I think what he was saying, I think what Undeads we were saying was after the rescue attempt at the arenas when he cracked, or was he saying after he let people in, he cracked? Um, He said, he, all he said, yeah. I there's two different says, points that he could have cracked. I believe the mind crack was caused after the failed mission. Okay, so it been, so he's saying that after the rescue attempt is when Skittles lost his mind. Right. Okay. That could be it. Okay. Um, let's see. I can see so, it going either way. Yeah. 
So Randy was mentioned in this episode, and he was mentioned as heading to the pumping station with the other techies. And so there's been some Randy speculation. This one's from Adventureless Hero, and I believe he was calling you out <laughs> on something, Nick. Randy <laughs> speculation, eh? <laughs> Sweet action. <laughs> Nights. Um, Adventureless Hero says, We can't safely assume Randy was alive when Michael ran into him. Although it's a very likely chance Randy was alive at the time, we also have to allow for the possibility that Michael had a run-in with Zombie Randy, who could have been sporting a name tag. He could have been a mechanic with overalls sporting his name, or even an engineer of some sort who still sports his name badge out of pride for his former job. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, I mean, it's a possibility, but yeah. Yeah, doubtful. Yes, it, that's there, wouldn't, there wouldn't that- be an emotional connection with randy and michael had randy just seen the, had michael just seen a zombie with a randy tag on his overalls but i, I, I forgot what my snarky response was but it was pretty awesome i don't think it was use some... logic against me. <laughs> it was pretty awesome <laughs> it was don't use logic and reason against me they're my tools and you can't have them something like that <laughs> i did no, see and, that and then there that. was something along the, like something just completely ridiculous about actually it might have i don't even know it was just insane don't use logic and reason against me it's not fair mm-hmm. those no. are my tools don't ever do it all right, Litmaster has a series of 11 events he believes is going to go down, and I'll just run through them really quick. He calls it Litmaster's Lit Waterworks Theory of Events. <clears throat> All right, number one. Randy and a few guys went to the waterworks to investigate the low pressure. They managed to get the water back on, but are hit by Zombiezilla soon after that, who rips the door off and kills. And kills. All are killed or turned, with the exception of Randy, who manages to hide out in some hidden nook in the waterworks. He finds himself trapped there, trying to figure out a way to escape past Zombiezilla. A few days later, Michael, Angel, Dattu, and Riley show up and find the bodies and the turned zombie whom they kill. They then come across the return of Zombiezilla, and all of our people escape out the side door except for Michael, who is stuck inside. Michael is stuck in the steam room of Zombiezilla, who since they're dulled by the steam. Mike flounders his way to Randy's hidden nook. They briefly hide together speak just long enough to exchange names, then Mike says they should try to wait and wait Zombiezilla out. But he doesn't realize that behemoths have the patience of a mountain. Randy tells them that he's been there for days and the monster shows no sign of leaving. They make a hasty, desperate plan of escape. Maybe the plan involves distracting Zombiezilla with making a noise in one direction and running in the other. Their bold plan barely works for Michael is able to escape through the narrow exit with Randy pulling the door open for him. But only Mike makes it through for Randy is snatched right after Mike makes it through the door. Mike tries to reach for him, but he has his arm slammed to the door, thus breaking it. My only question, and the, I actually didn't respond to this, but the only question I have with that is, um, we don't know how behemoths feed, and if they're that big, I don't expect Randy would, even in zombie form, would be able to run very much, like carrying Tanya, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering if a behemoth had anything to do with it, or if he was caught by another zombie, like a normal zombie, and turned. Oh, later on, You know what on, I mean? Because yeah. like, if it's a behemoth... You know, for all we know, they rip people's arms off and then, like, right. use their shoulder bone to pick their teeth. I don't know. Do you know? I don't. So, I don't know. That is true. I, I just know behemoths have oh, pimples. well, bees know. Stretch marks. But I can't tell you. You bastard. You'll you. just have to figure it out. Okay, Casey Wayland. Good <laughs> <Bastard>. God. Gosh. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I mean, that's a good point. You don't know. I mean, maybe he eventually escaped the behemoth through another exit and he got nommed on by a zombie, but... Which would make that a little more tragic, but yeah, I, I agree with the idea that um, Randy does something that um, that uh, helps Michael, and Michael breaks his arm, which is why he doesn't want to talk about it. The whole the whole basic premise of what Litmaster wrote, I agree with. I don't agree with the behemoth being the result of Randy, just because I don't know how behemoths really are. I just know they're big enough that they can kill things. I can't imagine behemoth like just like I'm gonna eat on your innards, and yeah, I imagine like it's gonna be like shreds and rips and tears and. Yeah, I don't beheading. even think like gentle eating of gentle eating by a behemoth is probably gonna involve ripping limb from limb. I thought you said genital eating. <laughs> 
Wow. Genital eating by behemoths wow. requires you to fill out. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh, come on. You thought it too. No. No, I because didn't. we have ears and we listen to each other. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm just a pervert, though. I guess whatever. That's my excuse. Okay, so moving on. Awkward. What? Oh, this isn't awkward. This is just me being my perverted self. Everyone should be used to this by now. Yeah, so anyway, why do you think the Maulers wanted spies in the other tower? Todd is dead, wrote, I think it's safe to assume that part of the other tower's residents were corrections officers. Why else would the Maulers have to send in Kalani instead of one of their own? They sure seemed concerned about being recognized. Sean sounds like every prison guard I've ever met, especially when he escorts Kalani into the tower. I like that theory. I did too. I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. Especially when you get to Sean at the colony and how like awesome he was at like leadership and all this other, and blah. Right, so, yeah, and just the way he talks, and you know, I, I know a lot of corrections officers, and he's described as being this big, like, massive man, and he's just so, like, yeah, agreed. I now picture him like the big boss man. Anyone? Wrestling? WWF? <laughs> from, like, 80s, 90s? Yes, yes. Yes. That's what I'm, that, <laughs> exactly. That, that is exactly who I'm thinking of, is the big boss man, and just the big blue suit, he's got the nightstick, he does all these, like, nightstick tricks, and he, like, smacks a mauler in nightstick the head. Nightstick tricks. He even has, like, the Greg Miller arch eyebrow. Exactly. Brilliant. All right. Um, so, I guess, you know, the main thing is now, where do you guys stand on Kalani and his role? Like, what has he done? What is he? I think he's the bomb diggity. The bomb diggity bomb? That, that's no different. You always thought that. I mean, that. could any of you guys, like, in his position, uh, do anything else? Oh, no. I mean, it's just, at that point, it's just you and your daughter, and you're the only, she's the only thing you know, and obviously you love her already because she's your daughter, and it's like, yeah. You're gonna and if out. you go back and you listen to all the old episodes, and with knowing what's happening mm-hmm. and him being blackmailed, mm-hmm. you can understand why he's so why he has a pissy, chip on his shoulder. you yeah. know? Yeah, I I would be too. Like, I mean, can you imagine what like those convicts might be doing to a little girl? I don't even want to think about it. It's disgusting. Well, we already but, know what Tara does try to do to Lizzie. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, that's with, something I felt like reliving. Thanks, guys. Oh, awesome. Anytime. Look, it's part of the show. Get over it. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'll have you know that since the point <laughs> in time when I heard that the first time, I now have a daughter, and I don't like this anymore. It isn't funny. Either. It's not amusing. Okay, anyway. It never was funny, laughing. Nick. What's wrong with you, you twisted bastard? God. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. No, I didn't. Okay, moving on. <laughs> no, it, you know, and it's funny because I remember when I first started listening and I first heard about Kalani, I was like, oh, I hate this guy. Da, da. But I had no idea the amount of depth this story would have. And never in a million years would I have imagined that this turn of events would have occurred. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't think it because I keep saying over and over again, I think that the rat is alive. I think the rat is alive. Where's the payoff? Okay, I have a payoff and it's coming probably next chapter part. Uh, I get it now. And I'm really I'm very much I'm far more at ease with it than I was, say, you know, two, three. We're not dead episodes ago when I said, no, it's bullshit. It's never going to be Kalani. No, it's it's certainly shaping up. It's shaping up to be that way. He it's not like someone who is dead because you're getting to hear it. Like he's right. still in the show, but you know, but it's also one of those things where you get the clarific, like you get the really good clarification that he was manipulated into it, um, and then the theory that I've popped up with, and if someone else did it first, I apologize. I'm stealing your thunder. Right into the discussion episode of We're Not Dead Thirty, it's already up. Post it. Take your credit. Uh, is that he was accidentally the rat to the tower? Like, hey, I found this new place. They're having a party. I want my daughter back. Bring her here now. 
oh, they're having a party, are they? And then they come in in mass to come take over the tower. You know what I mean? Sounds exactly right to me. <laughs> I mean, so that way it's not like a happen. purposeful betrayal. It's, I want my daughter back, bring her to this location, I know where I am. Mm-hmm. And they know where they, he is. So we're, they're having a party, everyone will be distracted. Just give me my daughter and we will leave and it'll be fine. And then, of course, the whole war happens and nothing similar to that uh, scenario plays out. So right. do you think when Kalani was at the you know tower like our with our folks, do you think he Hannah? I'm still Hannah was always like a thought in his mind. Yeah. But do you think he never trusted them enough to say something? Because you know I'm playing Mass Effect three right now, and I just made a crucial decision, in which I told the Krogan that the Solarians were going to like try to do something. That's all I'm saying because I don't want to spoil it. But I told. Oh my the, gosh, you spoiled it for me. Shut, you jerk. But I told the Krogans what was going on, and because it was the right thing to do. So I'm, you know, that's why it, it's very relevant to uh, we're alive. Okay, so you know what else is similar to this? When I was playing Epic Mickey. <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. It, there's something similar to that in Epic Mickey, but I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. So, no, I get what you're saying. Uh, the reason I think is because at that point, when it seems like he's gotten away with being the rat, mm-hmm. and everyone's emotions are just so high-strung about it, I really... You know, I, I said that why wouldn't he just confide in Angel and have Angel try to be his uh, advocate? Within the tower, but I don't think that he would ever be able to do that and be able to come out of it ahead. Mm-hmm. I really don't think there's a way he could have admitted to it, except for how he's doing it now. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm assuming that Hannah was the redhead that was killed, you know, with the Maulers thinking she was Lizzie, blah, blah, blah. Maybe so not. It's like, what? Maybe not. We'll get into that in a second. Maybe not. We don't know. Yeah, but whatever. It's just like, either way, I can't imagine Kalani, you know, have, spending this time at the tower and, you know, like our tower and not... You know, like, maybe he was in constant contact with the Maulers or something. Because, you know, this drive and this motivation to save his daughter, I can't imagine that just kind of, poof, you know, whatever, I'll just live my life here. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Well, I mean, if you notice, he didn't really sacrifice himself until he found out that they killed her. Well, that's a good point. That's true. Yeah, once, so once, he, he, had, was, once he had nothing left know, to live for, he sacrifices exactly. himself to the cause, fully yeah. committing to the tower. Right. right. And... I know this isn't what he did, but I mean, if if I were to sit down and really think about it, I would probably confide in someone uh, and try to get their help to rescue her. Because if you think about it, like if if I had to choose between, uh, you know, trying to rescue her and you know her getting killed in the process, or her being left with them indefinitely, having who knows what done, I would probably choose the former and try to and try to rescue her, her with people I trusted. Yeah, I know that's yeah. not what he did, or it's not really relevant to the story. But I'm just saying, like from an no, emotional I think, standpoint, that's do, I think that's actually do. really relevant to the story that he wouldn't come out. Like I know that what he was trying to do up to a point, and then he's trying to hide it up to a point. But it, you know, he if there's still a chance that he can get his daughter back, I I do find it kind of hard to believe that he wouldn't have tried to enlist the help of the tower to say they have my daughter. Please help me get her back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know how hard. I can't even imagine how hard it would be after well, causing guess, so much death and destruction. I guess part of it is because he wouldn't have told them until after the war, right? And that would mean saying, "Look, that entire thing, all those people's lives, that was my fault." Right, and that's why I'm saying it would be really hard for him to say. But I have such a hard time coming to grips with the idea that he wouldn't have considered it as thought. So maybe that's something that's thrown in there. And like, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that, but he couldn't do it because well, of it, X reason. Yeah, it might going be to in the next episode. So. Exactly. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting to find out. Um, 
those are the topics that I have. If you guys have anything else you want to bring up, speak now. Yes, I do. The redhead is uh-huh. something that Casey keyed on during the discussion because the, the episode discussion thread went off on a huge tangent about the redhead. And like, mm-hmm. well, Kalani looks like this and blah, 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 blah. And so I tried to calm it down after through Casey's prompting. It was like, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and sometimes a fat Hawaiian mates with a redhead. <laughs> but then he said sometimes, no. but not often. Come on. That's true. Fat Hawaiians <laughs> cannot land Come a redhead. On. That's all we need to know. Plus, uh, and if you are a fat Hawaiian listening dye. and you have a redhead, post it on the forum at we're not uh, zombiepodcast.com slash forum. Post a picture of you and your happy family. Love it. Um, <laughs> no, the the other point was, in case you wanted to make it really clear, is uh, there's such a thing called uh, hair dye. Oh. Yeah. The only thing there, there's uh, little little boxes the hair dye of dye. God, you know, if, uh, see, I, whatever. Casey's too detailed for this crap. I can't handle it. And that's why, and that's why I'm really starting to think that. Man, it would suck if Kalani did this for no reason and Hannah was still alive. Yeah. Yes, it would. Um, oh but my I mean, god! If, could if, you imagine? <gasps> so you're saying you think yeah. they could have dyed it to be red? Take for any the blonde. Golf take any blonde in the world. Put red hair dye in her. Put her on the golf course. Shoot her in the head. What does that make the pilot think? Who didn't see it? They killed yeah. my redheaded daughter. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. And Could you oh, Because that remember thought makes me want to cry. Because remember what we all keyed on what we were saying like Lizzie's pregnant. I have both of them. Or I have mm-hmm. two of them when she said in right. chapter 24, I have two of them. I have Lizzie. It's, yeah, it and we be, assumed it was Lizzie's option, baby. Right. We assumed it was Lizzie's baby. Now it's I have Lizzie and I have Hannah. Oh okay. man, they're just kind of they're orphans all over the place. Good god. <laughs> I can't Hannah this. and Hope, those There's poor kids. There's chunks of my brain matter everywhere because it just exploded all over my computer. Ha! I, I can do it too. There you go. Get out the squeegee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I almost feel bad that Greg isn't around right now simply because I wonder how he would feel about a 17-year-old orphan as opposed to this 15, 16-year-old boy and the 13-year-old blind girl. I wonder if I have to legally be an adult. Greg, He'd probably be like, "Well, she's a redhead, you know." Oh, yeah, well, dude, mean, she's seventeen though. Matches the drapes. No, I don't. I should. <laughs> she's only seventeen. Oh, well, she was Isn't at the legal? time. She might have a birthday. She may have had a birthday then. since then. That's true. She might be eighteen. <laughs> We're alive, girls. Come. <laughs> okay, before this gets any weirder. All right. Um, Steel any guns. more topics? Oh <laughs> uh, man, there was so much in here. There, there it's really I mean, hard. there was. We have some listener mail, and we have some news to go over. Um, There's just a couple other things I want to bring up from episode one that we didn't really cover. Right, um, how much fun was it to see Kalani as the person that knows everything and having some annoying little weasel asking him <laughs> all these annoying fucking questions? Like oh. having Pippin in the cockpit, like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? It's the exact same interaction between him and Angel. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved seeing the roles reverse, and I loved seeing how Kalani became that person yes. after the fact, and he became that exact same person to Angel is like, well, why can't you just hotwire a Hummer? Why can't you just do this? Why can't you just do that? <laughs> I was like, hearing yeah. it, hearing it reverse. Obviously, it's like just desserts. I know chronologically it happened the other way around, but hearing Kalani do it first, then hearing him have to deal with it to me is just hilarious. I loved it. What was your guys' reaction when you first heard Pippin's um, voice? I swear, as soon as I heard on the airplane, I heard it and like I closed my eyes and I like sighed and like time slowed down for about five seconds. And, and like, I think every person, every, every British listener, like 
found like a knife or like a gun and just see, prepared themselves because they knew they were going to have to listen to him for like another chapter. See, I thought he was a little better this time. He was a lot better. I will admit. Yeah, he was. He was definitely he better. A lot the last better. time, I think. I guess uh, some of the the criticisms got through, and and I think he was definitely better. The benefit of the doubt here. No, I, I'm I'm not really. I'm not honestly. I'm not ragging on the actor that's doing it. Uh, I understand, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it was you know interesting to listen to Kalani interact with Hannah. You know, calling her baby, and dead. it was like, oh, tugging at the heartstrings there, because I know like they're both dead now. Yeah. Yeah. No, no that, maybe. This has been this has been probably one of my favorite chapters in a long time. You know, it's it finally was started, really good. My, yeah, yeah, just it's chapter as a whole. No, it's just it's starting to tie it, these little things man, together. Man, there's so much meat in here, like in oh, this chapter yeah, alone. Meat and Tons girth. Of girth. Meat and girth. Meat and girth. That's, yeah, All exactly. meat and girth. This has a lot of meat and girth. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's tying things together, and it's freaking awesome. Now people can stop their bitching about all these unanswered questions because we're finding yeah, the, some juice. Man, there, there, that entire wiki page of unanswered questions is just getting like torn apart right now. I don't oh, know yeah. if it's been updated at all by anyone. People are but probably man, to touch it's it right getting. Now. <laughs> there's so many more questions to be answered, and there's one more chapter part left. People are going to die <laughs> after the after this upcoming Monday and the wait. People are going to die. Uh, I can't no. even imagine what the cliffhanger is going to be, but people oh, are just going to know. want to die. They're yeah. going to want to die. So I, one thing that I've really, really liked about this particular series is the um, the the episodes have been like 24 minutes long mm-hmm. or, or close to that. And it's really been nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I listened to them back to back today and I didn't realize it, but it was like 40 minutes total. I was like, sweet! Yeah, it's been killing me because I only have like a 30 minute lunch break at my job. Mm-hmm. So I like download We're Live, and then I sync it to my podcast. I go out for lunch, and I come back, and it's not done yet. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this sucks because I have to turn it off because New York City's so damn loud. Every once in a while, I have to like turn it off or blast it. Mm-hmm. So whenever I turn it off, I, it's like, man, I only have like three minutes of turn off time today. This sucks. <laughs> I, I want know, a 15 minute episode now. Awesome because it's the same storyline. So you know we don't we're not getting the jumping storylines. It's like yes. 40 minutes of solid meat and girth of Kalani backstory and awesomeness you saying meet and growth of Kalani is very awkward considering you have a huge Kevin Flood crush you know Kevin Flood (laughs) I think Kevin Flood is just a very nice um, cute man Kevin Flood's the bomb who doesn't I adore Kevin Kevin Flood Flood. still the best actor in the show he is amazing and he's such a fun guy to talk to it's true it'll be fun we should uh, get him on here after all this stuff goes down and Kevin scores the hat trick yes all right, so let's move on to some listener mail. This one comes from Ninja Chicken. He says, This may be irrelevant to the most recent goings-ons in real life, but I think it should be noted. When Kalani and Riley go through the mental institute to reach the hospital's backup generators, they encountered ink. It was described as having fingernails on the floor. Perhaps ink is the one who caused the little ones to have their nails filed down to raise their sharp point, as described by Lizzie when the Mahler's convoy was attacked. They were also described as having a fresh, a number freshly tattooed into their forearm. Perhaps it was ink that created these little ones, and that the first little one was only num- was only five. This leads me to believe that the little ones are sparse. However, this could just be a coincidence. I think, yeah, I think that that's stuff that we covered um, on that specific chapter part episode. I don't remember mm-hmm. what we're live, uh, we're not dead episode it was. It was um, ago, yeah, it was obviously it was back in the summer. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, mm-hmm. 
pretty safe to assume, as much as you can, that uh, Ink slash Bill Roberts slash the one with the markings slash the pinstripe suit guy slash pimp-ass zombie slash whatever the hell you want to call him <gasps> is probably responsible for the little ones. Yeah, and you know, I was kind of hoping when, um, well, I know by this time the one with the markings had already been like a thing, but now that we're kind of interacting with the Maulers and the prisoners, I was hoping someone like dropped the name Bill Roberts or something. Because I'm wondering if they would have known him there. If he was transferred to a mental institute, I don't know. But I was hoping for something. Yeah, there, there's been lots of discussions as to where he would have been held right. um, during been during his trial mm-hmm. before he was declared mentally uh, insane. Um, mm-hmm. He's being transferred to a mental institution, so that means he would have been held somewhere else first. So he wouldn't have been in the mental institution first. So blah, blah, blah. Right. All right. So let's see. This last one comes from Benjamin. He says, hey, guys, I love both We're Alive and We're Not Dead. I started listening to We're Alive on Zoom this past summer and was so annoyed when I got to the end of season two and there wasn't any more that I actually listened to to it two more times through. I started listening to We're Not Dead a couple weeks ago and I love to listen to the conversations that happen on the show. I enjoy that a lot of the conclusions that I came up with are the same ones that you guys come up with. I'm a member on the forums, but I don't spend any time there just because I don't have the time to spend. Keep up the good show. Thank you, Benjamin. And that, sadly, ladies and gentlemen, is the only email we have for the time being. I'm still going through the inbox. Somehow, over the summer, it accrued like 720 emails. And I think, like I said, all of them are for penis enlargement pills. So I have to go through all of them, and I'll rock up up any... um, Spark a random listener emails I find, but please send more. We like to talk and read your emails about zombies and such. Just anything with zombies. We yeah. Uh, with the uh, post for the discussion thread of this episode mm-hmm. of We're Not Dead, uh, mm-hmm. Clem 131, I find these last episodes similar to Benjamin Linus-centric episodes in Lost. I didn't watch Lost, so I don't know what he's talking about, but someone might. He starts as the very bad guy everyone hates, but the writers did a very good job with the Linus-centric episodes, and by the end of it, you know his background, and you know you kind of sympathize with him. This emotional reversal thing is truly good writing, and I agree. And we yeah, I think a lot of people, I didn't watch Lost, but I know a lot of people were bitching at Lost because I guess it left a lot of plot holes open. I know Casey's <laughs> ranted to me a few times about it. Yeah. And, uh, so, and that's, that's like, the biggest comparison that people draw between uh, We're Live and, like, a mainstream thing. It's either Walking Dead or it's uh, Lost. There's lots of – people see lots of similarities in the two of them. Uh, and mm-hmm. Lost has been – especially re- lately, I've seen a lot of people comparing We're Live to Lost. So right. there's that. Cool. Well, thank you for posting on the forums. And you too can post on the forums at zombiepodcast.com slash forum. We have our own section. We're not dead. But more importantly, you should discuss the We're Alive episodes because that's where I get all my meat and girth from. Wow, I'm on a roll with meat and girth. Yeah, you and should. And penis enlargement emails. Yeah, well, do, they, you... They're out there and they're everywhere. And I don't know how they find us, but they do. <laughs> um, so I wanted to cover a few news topics. First of all, I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was... Um, was it yesterday or the day before? I'm not sure. But iTunes posted a We're Alive banner on the top it banner section. It was cool. I went and saw it. Yes. I took a screenshot. Yeah, it's I my saw background. the screenshot. And that, that's just really cool. That's Congratulations, Sue. That's just awesome. And they're now number one in storytelling. Uh, podcasting. So cool. It is so exciting. Yes. Yay. So that's really cool. Um, The second thing is that um, We're Alive has been nominated for an Audi. Woohoo. In New York. Um, so Casey, you know, obviously you know Casey is Blair, the voice of Lizzie, and Grayson, who is, like, Casey's little, like... The former little, zombie intern. Yeah, he's By the way, intern, though. He's there's something that we've missed. Partner this in enti- crime. Zombie, there's something that we missed this entire season. Do you yes. know who the new zombie intern is? 
I don't, but I know they have one. Eric Borgo. Stone. No, that's that's what Grayson was. Grayson's not a producer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> Poor Eric, little Grayson. Eric, I just wanted to say his name. Yeah, that's a cool name to say. Eric Wargo. And if you don't know who Eric Wargo is, you do know who he is because everyone hates him. He was Steven. Just throwing oh! that out there. So that if you jerk. I know. At least I hope that's true, and I'm not going to check the wiki because last time I tried to check the wiki while I was recording this podcast, yes, my I internet remember. died. So <laughs> okay, I'm not yeah, going to touch do that. it. Um, anyway, so they are going to New York. Um, they have their travel costs covered. However, each ticket to get into the show is $400. Womp womp. Um, yeah, that's effing insane. So you can do the math. That's $1,200 they're looking for. However, they have some auction items on eBay. All you have to do is look for Seller Wayland Productions. They are selling a season one um, signed, you know, by all the actors. And I think that's currently going for $192. Correct. And that's the, um, that's the original printing of it, not the, not, not the uh, Blackstone version. Yes. It's the one with the journal entry cover. Um, they have a We're Alive full chapter script signed by the author going for 127 And they have a We're Alive guest star and character named after you currently going for $511. So, um, there's two days left on this auction. I don't know if this podcast will be out in two days, but if it's not, you should at least be happy that so much money has been raised and that's at least two tickets covered. I'm, uh, I'm thinking he's got to win something. I mean, the fact that it's like number one in storytelling and... Oh, yeah. Was it nominated before the past couple years ever? I don't think so. I think no, this is the first this is thing. the first time they were nominated. They've been nominated for, um... Some other uh, podcastawards.com. Um, Something like that. Yeah. That, they like, won that Twitter thing that we were pimping at one awards, point. The, 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 the Shorty Awards. Dragon yeah, Award or Shorty. something. something. I, I can't that. remember. But I think this is like the biggest deal. So this is really, really, really exciting. Yeah. This is the equivalent of the Oscars yeah, for audio for... drama and stuff. So and yeah, this is really exciting. I think it takes place in June. So um, yes. anyway, support, support, support. Very cool. And also for people in the uh, tri-state area, eventually I'm going to get stuff on, information on the forum for a meet and greet with Casey Blair and Grayson slash whomever else might be coming because there may be other people that pay their own way to New York for the award ceremony. So keep mm-hmm. an eye out for that. We're going to try and uh, do like a Monday night thing where just before the award show, uh, we go out and hang out at a bar. Or Sweet. something That'll like be that. Fun. Oh, I'll yeah, try to find some note. place. I'll try to find some place that we can get uh, underage people into, so yeah. it's not just twenty-one and up. Because I want to try to avoid that if I can. Yeah, you want to. And also, Chuck on that note, I will be. <laughs> I'll be visiting Casey, Blair, and Grayson next month, so I'll be there for the weekend. That'll be really fun. Um. Anyway, so I guess if you guys are going to be in that general area, California, Los Angeles, whatever. Shoot me an email to we're not dead podcast at gmail.com and maybe we can meet up too. That'd be fun. Okay. Well shit, son. That's all I got. Way to go. Are we are we all good? We all got our zombie we're not dead fixing for the week. Oh I got it. I, I got I, it all right. Uh, oh, uh, oh I got it. I got the track mark and everything. Dude, awesome. Alright, so thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Beesball. Yeah, right. Like you mean that. Well, no, I really don't because I'm going to be talking to you. We're going to be recording our other podcast here in like 20 minutes. That's right. Listen happen. to the Noob Kateers podcast on the noobkateers.com. There, 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 there's no other podcast outside of We're Alive in this one. What are you talking about? Oh, we don't know. Oh, that don't, shameless promotion. There isn't? <laughs> Whoops. Also, check Whoops. out blundnerd.com. Oh, bees. You flatter me. And thank you, Nick, for coming on. Enjoy your two-week-old spawn. Uh, you know what i'm i'm enjoying i'm enjoying it greatly because right now she's actually been asleep for like two and a half hours Uh, and i actually fit a podcast in and recording that was awesome bees you don't like the word spawn 
Don't ever use that to me again. Why? I'm plugging my ears if you do. I won't, but why? I'll why don't you, you like it? It's disgusting. Spawn? Did you see that movie yes. with John Leguizamo? Uh, is it with Spawn? <laughs> yeah. I don't think of it as being a gross. I'm like, that's like you. That Spawn. <laughs> Forget it. I'm done. Look, salmon, Spawn, humans. Squirt what, babies procreate? out of vagina. Is that what you'd rather have me say? They they make families. How Christian of you. Oh, dear. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And Bye. we're out. <laughs>